0: At yesterday's Latinx Inclusion Summit, I'm not joking, that was actually the name, in San Antonio, First Lady Jill Biden attempted to woo back Hispanic voters for her husband by comparing them to tacos.
1: But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio <laughs> is your strength.
0: Black people, you are as effervescent as a bottle of grape soda from the corner deli. Italians, you are as slimy as a bowl of skunjili on Arthur Avenue. Vote for us, the party of inclusion. The issue is not that anyone is actually offended by what Joe Biden said. I don't think anyone is actually offended. The, the issue is not that it's racist or whatever. We're all, we're all just laughing at her and her party. The issue is that this lady and her entire party are completely out of touch. The Democrats used to be good at pandering. They were especially good at racial pandering. Now, they can't even pronounce bodega. What did she say? Bo- Bogota? What are the Bogotas of the Bronx? The issue is that the elite liberals are superficial. They are so removed from people's everyday realities that they haven't even noticed that it's going to take more than glib references to tacos to keep Hispanic voters and the rest of the Democrat coalition in line. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Brian Canary, who says, Only Michael Knowles can segue a C.S. Lewis quote into an ExpressVPN ad Well done, Michael. Thank you very much. Also, only Michael Knowles can segue a Brian Canary comment into an American Home Shield ad. Right now, go to ahs.com slash Knowles. Do you want peace of mind? Do you want to stay on your budget? That would probably be pretty great right now while prices on everything are going through the roof. Well, the one thing I promise you, you can expect this year is the unexpected. That's why American Home Shield exists As a member, you will know that your budget, your time, and your sanity are covered. Choose a plan from American Home Shield. Keep your budget goals in check for 2022. They offer a choice of three great plans to help cover the cost of repair or replace parts of major home systems and appliances, no matter their age. If American Home Shield cannot repair the covered item, they will replace it. AHS members get more, more coverage options, fewer exclusions. We're talking HVAC systems, plumbing, kitchen appliances. Their plans help protect parts of up to 23 essential home systems and appliances. Coverage, no matter how old those systems are. Keep your home up and running. Keep your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, our listeners can take $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash Knowles, save 50 bucks. That's AHS dot com slash Knowles for fifty dollars off any plan. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. The libs stepping on rakes when it comes to racial identity politics is something that I am absolutely here for. I love it. If I could just watch videos of various Democrats making stupid tacos comparisons all day, I would because the libs have benefited greatly by ginning up racial resentment, specifically racial resentment against white people for the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years at least. They have gotten an electoral benefit out of that. And the electoral benefit is starting to run out. And they're, they're now uh, starting to have to deal with the consequences of their own really cynical political strategy. Nowhere is this clearer than on TikTok, where a, an ethnic, some kind of ethnic Lib is now demanding that the white libs keep their mouths shut.
1: If you're a white liberal leftist or consider yourself to be a white ally, I have a challenge for you. Don't create any more content on TikTok until September 22nd. And honestly, you deserve a break because every day is a white person day and y'all must be exhausted. So while you sit back, listen, learn, and truly decenter yourself, Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, we got it from here. Please though, continue to like, comment, and share our content because y'all are always talking about how you want to support us and create equity. But the truth that so many of y'all are unwilling to accept is that you do not want Black, Indigenous, and other people of color to lead and pave the way because What would we do without your perspective, your voice, your commentary, your education? We would thrive.
0: So the campaign is White Libs Shut Up. Finally, a TikTok campaign I can get behind. You go, girl. (laughs) You tell them. You tell those White Libs. And White Libs, if you believe it, if you believe all the nonsense you've been spouting for years, then put your money where your mouth is. Put your mouth where your rhetoric is and keep it shut keep it closed. This is so delightful, so, so delightful to watch the libs hoisted on their own petards, specifically the white libs. The inevitable consequence of this is going to be an increase of white racial consciousness. It's the inevitable, because what the libs have been doing for the past half century at least, is been encouraging every racial group in the country to increase their racial consciousness. For a long time in America, we had been encouraging people to decrease their racial consciousness. We say race is not its not the most important part of your identity, especially in a multiracial, multi-ethnic country. It's gonna, things are going to go really bad if we all start dramatically increasing our racial consciousness. It's going to lead to all sorts of fighting and tension. It's going to cause a breakdown of American democracy. So I, we really, really encourage people to reduce their racial consciousness. The Libs said, no way, No way. Listen, black people, increase your racial consciousness. Listen, Hispanic people, same thing. Listen, Asian people, even same thing. And it's worked. If you look at at Pew Research, uh, every racial group other than white people has a greater than 50% racial consciousness, meaning they believe that race is very important to their identity. If you look at black people, which that's the group with the highest racial consciousness, it's well over 70%. I think it's even over 75%. But it's, cer- it's certainly over 70. For white people, it's all the way down at 15%. But the white liberals have been cynically encouraging everyone else to increase their racial consciousness because they think it's going to help them win elections. It's, it's natural for, for groups to have a racial consciousness, by the way. We we pretend in America and in Western civilization that racism is is the aberration that racism is the exception in the world. It's it's not. That's the natural state of man because we're uh, tribal beings and we natural that politics begins with a a tribal sort of mindset and then you can try to expand that into the city or the state or the nation, but it it begins with a, a really tribal kind of identity. So that's the normal part. It's normal on the left. Obviously, the left is ginning up this racial stuff constantly, but it's natural on the right too. And the only thing, truly the only thing that will cut against that is Christianity. The only reason that you ever hear anyone inveigh against racism or suggest that people not have as strong a racial consciousness is because of Christianity. Because Christianity says that uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. Because Christianity says there is something much more important to our identity, namely that we are made in the image of God. And if we are made in the image of God, then there is a solidarity among all people, regardless of their race or their origin or their skin color or anything like that as christianity declines in public life you are going to see an increase in racial consciousness on the left and on the right you know, you, you saw it really beginning in the 20th century on the right, you know in the far right movements like uh, nazism or which is also kind of a left wing modern movement but that's a discussion for another day but on the on the far atheist kind of nietzschean right there's a racial identity. On the mainstream left, there's a huge racial identity. It's only Christianity. That is putting a pause on that. And as, as Christianity declines as an important part of public life, if it does, I hope it doesn't decline. I hope it increases again. But as it declines, you're just going to see more of that. That's all that can happen. It's a really bleak future, especially for America, because we have unique racial issues in the country. Uh, But that's, that's what's going to happen. And the libs are going to find themselves hoisted on their own petards. And it's, it's sort of funny to enjoy the schadenfreude at the moment, but ultimately it will be really, really bad. For the country. Now, speaking of secularization, there's a, speaking of the d- the decline of Christianity in public life. The Church of England, which has been a sort of farce for many decades now, some would say centuries, but certainly many decades. The Church of England has now declared that there is no official definition of what a woman is. Matt Walsh's comedy movie has become prophecy and it describes the state of the Church of England. Comments uh, provoke criticism with England's first woman priest saying she is not totally happy with the bishop in Europe's answer. So there's an irony here, which is that the Church of England for now half a century has been bragging about how it's erased distinctions between men and women. It has women priests, it has women bishops and uh, priestesses, I guess, and bishopresses and things like that. And uh, a lot of the orthodox people within the Church of England left the Church of England because of that issue. But now they've erased that issue, and they're saying, actually, we don't know what a woman is. What is a woman? We don't know. Nobody knows. This is a reminder, and it's an important lesson, not just for people who are in the Church of England. If you join the Church of England now, I had one priest describe it to me as not just rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, but actually diving down and grabbing hold of the Titanic as it sinks to the bottom of the sea. This is a reminder to anyone in any ecclesial community, any church group. People believe that, that we're, we can grow the church by making the church more like the world. Every single time someone tries to make the church more like the world in order to grow the church, it, it doesn't do anything but destroy the church. It shrinks. Fewer people show up. The church fizzles away. It doesn't even resemble much of a church anymore do not resemble, people don't go to church looking for more of the world. They go to church looking for an alternative to worldliness, looking for salvation and uh, the transcendence of the world. Speaking of death, not just the death of institutions, but uh, physical death, great news coming out of Virginia. Because the culture of death in Virginia is being dealt a very tough blow by Glenn Youngkin, the Republican governor of Virginia here. The man I thought was a kind of moderate Republican in Virginia is now pushing for a 15-week abortion ban in what is a very blue commonwealth. You've said you've proposed a 15-week ban. Will you ever pursue a full ban on abortion in Virginia?
2: well the reality is that as a pro life governor in a state like virginia where i have a senate that's controlled by democrats and a house that's controlled by republicans we have to find a way to get things done and i believe that's what we've been able to do is get things done at a time where you have to bring people together in order to make progress as i said i believe life begins at conception in virginia We've got to work with a Senate and a House. This is what we've been doing. But will you ever pursue a full ban? Well, I believe that what my job is is to get something done. And I believe we can get a 15-week pain threshold bill done in Virginia. For the first time, think about it. This was a state, again, that just 18 months ago was talking about enabling abortion all the way up through and including birth. And now we're able to talk about a 15-week pain threshold bill where a baby feels pain This is a remarkable moment for us, and it's an opportunity I'm not going to let go. Great
0: answer from Glenn Youngkin here. He's not willing to take the bait and give the Democrats some big scare quote. People are going to point to this. The Democrats are going to point to this and say, see, he's not a moderate. Glenn Youngkin's not a moderate. He's a far right wing radical Republican. No, he is a moderate. He is still a moderate. What's so amazing about this is that the center has moved. The center has moved to the right. The moderate position on this issue has moved with the overruling of Roe v. Wade. This is where we always talk about politics as downstream of culture. Well, this is a great example of culture being downstream of politics. This is a great example of the law being a teacher and shaping the culture and shaping the democratic dialogue as well. Back when Roe v. Wade was in place, This 15-week abortion ban would have been a radical, far-right abortion ban. This would would have been like the Mississippi law that brought brought Dobbs to the Supreme Court in the first place. After the overruling of Roe v. Wade, now the, the scope of the debate has broadened so much. Rather than just trying to debate, okay, can we ban abortion at 20 weeks or 18 weeks or 15 weeks? Now, look, there is no constitutional right to an abortion. So now the question is, do you want to ban abortion entirely, or do you want to allow abortion entirely? And Glenn Youngkin has staked out the moderate position of a 15-week abortion ban that just two months ago would have been a radical far-right position. This is great news. This is largely thanks to the pro-life movement in Mississippi, certainly, all around the country. This is thanks to those conservative justices. This is thanks to Donald Trump and other Republican presidents who got those justices on the court. And this is thanks to the courage and prudence of Glenn Youngkin. Had Dobbs not not come down as it had, had Roe not been overruled, Glenn Youngkin would not be able to push for a 15-week abortion ban. Now he has that ability. I bet Glenn Youngkin probably would pass a, a total ban on abortion if he could. That's not where the commonwealth is. That's not going to work, but now the center has moved, so we can do it. So let's keep pushing, guys. Let's keep moving that center further and further and further because moderation is a wonderful is a wonderful virtue. We've just got to make sure that the Overton window is such that moderation is in a, a truly good moderate virtuous place and it's not all the way far out on the left. Like like the left had shifted that window so so far for for the past several decades. Now, we have to do that. We have to do that ourselves. When you want to do things yourself, like fix your car, you got to go check out Rock Auto. Right now, head on over to rockauto.com, write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box. So many stores these days, they want to sell you what they want to sell. They want to push products that maybe they don't know that much about. Maybe they're just the, the products that they're trying to unload. You know with rockauto.com, You will find exactly what you want. They are selling you the products that you are looking for. You can look through their extremely easy-to-navigate catalog. You will always get the best prices anywhere, whether you're a pro, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer. No matter what time you're logging on, you're always going to get reliably low prices, no gimmicks. I've told you about my buddy, my poor buddy. I have to keep making fun of him on the show because he very stupidly went to the brick-and-mortar auto parts store. He goes in, asks for a part. They had the part in stock, surprisingly, that was good. They tried to charge him 400 bucks for it. He said, wait a second, Michael told me about Rock Auto. Pulls up the Rock Auto website right on his phone, takes two seconds, pulls up the part, Is 150 bucks. They wanted to charge him $400 for the part that Rock Auto had for 150 bucks. Don't be a fool. Go to rockauto.com right now. Get the brakes, shocks, carpet wipers, headlights, mirrors, mufflers, lug nuts, and any other part that you need. Be sure when you're checking out to write Knowles in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. I'm really impressed with Glenn Youngkin. I think conservatives can learn a lot from Glenn Youngkin who is ruling, r- ruling with an iron fist. No, he's he's governing as a conservative in a blue state. And he's doing it pretty effectively. There are, There are more ways than one to skin a cat. So you can get things done through orders from the governor's mansion. You can get things done through legislation. You can get things done through the courts. And you can get get things done just by running the bureaucrats out of power. 300 Virginia government bureaucrats have quit since May. What? Why have they quit in the last two months? They've quit because Glenn Youngkin told them that they had to come back to work. (laughs) That was it. He didn't pass some draconian new regulation or rule. He just said, okay, guys, you've been sitting at home for... Two years now, you have to come back to work, and 300 of them quit. Employees from five different state agencies resigned after Youngkin's new "show up to work" policy, and uh, they a lot of them cited the telework options and the loss of telework options as their reason for leaving. This is really smart. An important issue that no one is talking about. Zero people are talking about, but it was an important issue. In the early days of the Republican Party, and every so often it crops up as an important issue, is civil service reform. It, that that name doesn't sound very sexy, but what we're talking about is the administrative state, the deep state, the the career government workers who get to continue to govern us, whether the elected people come in or they go or they change parties or no matter what happens to the electeds, the, the permanent governing bureaucrats remain. And we need to reform that system. The, the, the civil service needs reform every so often. It's a long past due for reform right now. One way to reform it, make them come back to work and then they quit their jobs, and then maybe we don't replace them, or maybe we institute some new rules as to how we hire those bureaucrats. Personnel is policy. The people who are putting your policies into place have a lot of power over how those policies look. So you've got to make sure you've got good bureaucrats in charge. You're never going to get rid of the bureaucracy. You can trim it around the edges, you can change the way it looks, but you're not going to get rid of the bureaucracy. That is a libertarian pipe dream. It's not going to happen. So you've got to make the bureaucracy work for you. This is a very, very big country. I'm not just talking about Virginia here. We're talking about a country of 320, 330 million people. There is going to be a bureaucracy. So how are we going to make that bureaucracy work for us? We can reform the way people are hired. We can reform the kind of power that they have. We can reform the way that they can make rules in the agencies. But we've got to do that because that is where so much of the government actually happens. It's not usually just the bill up on Capitol Hill and I'm, I'm going to Something, something, something. It's not that. It's not Schoolhouse Rock, okay? It's not even just the judges. The judges have a lot of power, but most of the power is in that bureaucracy. So we've got to take some lessons from Glenn Youngkin, okay? Glenn Youngkin, who won on social issues, by the way. Don't forget that. Everyone's looking at Glenn Youngkin, the moderate. He's the moderate Republican who's just talking about taxes. No, when he was just talking about taxes, he was going to lose his race to Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat. He won when he started talking about about critical race theory in schools. He won when he started talking about transgenderism in schools and the Loudoun County rape story that actually the Daily Wire broke, not to, to toot our own horn, but that was a major issue for flipping that race and handing Virginia to a Republican governor. It was the social issues. That's where people want moderation. We don't really care that much about marginal tax rates. People don't, I like low taxes, but people don't wake up in the middle of the night sweating because of tax rates. Right now, if you tell me, Michael, the Democrats might raise your taxes, and also they're going to pump your kids full of cross-sex hormones and chop off his genitals. So we're going to focus on the tax issue, right? I'd say, are you out of your mind? I don't give a damn about the taxes compared to them transing my kid. That's what Republicans have to run on. That's where the real moderation is. There's no, the, the far right-wing fringe opinion that we shouldn't trans the kids, that is maybe not in the minds of the media or the minds of the lib politicians, but in the minds of voters, that's a pretty moderate, reasonable position. Okay, don't trans the kids. That's the sort of thing we have to run on. You're getting more and more stories. We predicted this years ago. We said, you know, there's this insane new medical experiment going on where we're chopping people up and mutilating their bodies and making men look like women. And it's happening at a younger and younger age. People in their teens, even kids, this is happening to. And and, uh, you're going to see in a few years people are going to regret this. The kids are going to say, what the hell did you people do to me? And and they're going to be really angry and they're going to go after their parents and they're going to go after these quack medical professionals. That is starting to happen already. There's one video in particular of a poor girl, Chloe Cole. Chloe is 17 years old, still a kid, still a teenager. Female, a girl, formerly thought she was a boy, started testosterone and puberty blockers at age 13 got her breasts chopped off at age 15 by some quack doctor. And then at 16 realized, wait a second, I'm not a man and detransitioned. And now she's warning other parents, do not do this to your kids. We don't need all this insane, superficial, artificial kind of stuff. We want to live in a way that's a little more organic. When you want organics, you got to check out beam organics. Right now, go to beamorganics.com slash Knowles. You go to beam because i 'm about to give you a dream literally i 'm going to give you a dream. Did you know that a poor night 's sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, lower productivity? Some reports say that less than six to seven hours of sleep per night can uh, lead to reduced white blood cell counts. White blood cells protect our body against illness and disease, fighting viruses, bacteria, a whole lot more. Not a lot of people realize this, but having a consistent nighttime routine is very, very important. A better tomorrow starts tonight. That's why you got to check out Beam Dream. Beam is one of the world's most innovative functional wellness brands with unique products for everything from sleep to focus. Today, our listeners get a special discount available for Beam's sleep product, Dream Powder. Mm. Their best-selling hot cocoa contains premium ingredients, triple lab tested. You wake up refreshed. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream. 99% of people experience better sleep quality. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk stir, enjoy before bedtime. They've got a brand new delicious summer flavor of dream powder, sea salt, caramel. It's just absolutely magnificent. You can go check it out right now. If you don't love it, you get your money back guaranteed. For a limited time, get up to 35% off when you go to beamorganics.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout. B-E-A-M organics.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout for up to 35% off. As the world's first non-woke streaming service, Daily Wire Plus is everything you love about The Daily Wire, plus so much more. As a member, you get exclusive access to new shows and features from Jordan Peterson, plus the entire PragerU library, including my show, The Book Club, on PragerU, plus animated and live-action kids content coming soon, plus original movies and fearless documentaries that expose deeply concealed truths such as Fauci Unmasked, my documentary series. And you can watch all of this content by going to dailywireplus.com, or you can download and open the Daily Wire app. If you are not yet a member, you can get 35% off when you sign up now. It's time to build the future that you want to see. Become a member at dailywireplus.com today. And do not forget to send in voicemail bags for Friday's episode. Our voicemail bag is sponsored by Pure Talk. I love hearing from you, so make sure you get those in. Please keep them to under a minute so I can actually play them on the show. And in the future, use code Knowles, K N W L E S for 25% off your membership. We'll be right back with a lot more. On the one hand, you've got lunatics and freaks and perverts in the woke activist left encouraging you parents to trans your kids, to pump them full of chemicals, get them on a lifelong program from big pharma that's going to be extremely expensive and harmful to their health, and chop them up six ways from Sunday so that your little son can look more like a daughter or vice versa. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, you've got the kids who have had these medical experiments performed on them telling you the grisly reality of what it actually looks like.
1: I don't know if I'll be able to fully carry a child Um, and I might be at increased risk for certain cancers, namely cervical cancer, and because I do not have my breasts, I I no longer have breasts, I'm not able to breastfeed whatever future children I have. That realization actually was um, one of the biggest things that leads to me realizing that I, this was not the path that I should have taken.
0: You hear that pause where this girl is just processing that, says, so I, I'm at increased risk of cancer. And people get all sorts of medical conditions, all sorts of awful ailments because of the, the drugs that Big Pharma is pumping into little kids to make them look more like the opposite sex. You got osteoporosis, all sorts of bone problems. So she says, yeah, I'm at an increased risk of cancer. I might not be able to have kids. I might be totally sterile. And then it dawns on her, she says, man, and even if I can have kids, I'll never be able to breastfeed my kid because they chopped my breasts off when I was a little kid because quacks and psychos and my parents and just, they all, they chopped my perfectly healthy organs off when I was a kid because of a politically correct fad, because of a leftist fantasy that they forced on me through a medical experiment. And they might, they might have done it in the sincere hope that it would help me. That's, that's the part about, I'm not saying that they're all just evil geniuses, you know, in a cauldron, just trying to wreak havoc on the world. Some of them are just idiots, the people pushing this stuff some of them are just ignorant. Some of them are just afraid and they're afraid, oh no, the libs told me that if I don't pump my kid full of hormones and get them on a subscription plan to big pharma for the rest of their lives, then my kid will kill himself. Oh no. So I've really, I've got to do it. And I I get it. I understand that fear. And the people who have been, the people who should have known better, who are pushing this stuff, should be held criminally liable for what they're doing to kids. But just as a rule, This is not the first time that crazy medical experiments have been performed on poor, innocent people. This is not the last time. It's happened many times in the past. It's going to happen again. We have this prejudice now. We think we've figured out all the medical problems. In the past, the medical doctors, they weren't even really medical. They were just crazy quacks, shamans, witch doctors. (laughs) But now we know science. Now, back in the past, people, oh my gosh, can you imagine? They used to treat certain ailments with leeches. They would bleed you. That's not helpful. That, that would kill people. Man, you believe those crazy guys. Thankfully, we have modern medical science. What about the modern medical science of lobotomies? Remember when people used to put an ice pick in people's brains and turn them into vegetables to treat psychiatric conditions? That wasn't 300 years ago. That was what, 60, 70 years ago. That's, that, seems ins- that seems like one of the cruelest medical treatments medical treatments, quote unquote, medical experiments that's ever been done on anybody. Until this one. This one might be worse. Chopping off the healthy organs of innocent little kids and making them sterile and giving them cancers and bone problems. And I think that might be worse actually, and just permanently destroying their bodies. That might actually be worse than the, certainly than the leeches. I think it might be worse than the lobotomies. If, If the past two and a half years- have taught you anything. It should be this. There is not as great a difference between witch doctors and shamans on the one hand and the medical genius experts in the white lab coats on the other as we might have thought there was. Okay. In fact, right now, if you told me, if, you, if, if I found out that I had some ailment and I was told that I could go see one of two people for treatment. An African tribal witch doctor with a headdress, or Doctor Fauci? Not even two seconds would it take me to come. Okay, all right, get me my get me my plane ticket to Namibia, because I sure ain't going to NIH. Ain't talking to the Fauci. If you told me right now, let's make it even more obvious that I, I I've got some medical ailment. I could either go smoke peyote and ayahuasca with some Native American shaman in the desert and hear his medical advice. Or I could be treated by Dr. Rachel Levine. Get, get past the bowl, baby. Get, where's the light? Where can I get some of that peyote? Because the Native American shaman smoking dope in the desert has a much better grasp on medical reality than the man who thinks that he's a woman who wears heels and a dress to the office while he runs health for the United States. It's not even close. And there are going to be more quacks and weirdos in the future, and that's not going to stop. And so if you're a parent and you, you've got to decide what's best for your kid, you, you have to resist the fads. You have to resist the really very credible people in authority with the white lab coats and the stethoscope. These people have no idea what they're talking about. It, people who don't know the difference between men and women don't know anything. And I'm not saying that they aren't coincidentally right about some issues at some times, Stopped clock is right twice a day, but they do not have the authority that they pretend to have. Speaking of sterility and kids, there is a really, really messed up story in Pink News. Pink News, I guess, is a gay website. And so this is a story, I guess, that's supposed to be sympathetic to the couple here. It's a gay couple who wanted a son, Sue's IVF clinic after surrogate gives birth to a daughter. You see, this couple, these two men, decided that they wanted to purchase a baby. And so they went out and they found an egg. They went through a catalog and they picked a woman. They said, okay, that woman, that's the, that's going to be the mother of my child. And they purchased that woman's eggs. And then they rented the womb of a poor woman. And then they did all sorts of things in rooms in medical offices. And they had doctors combine the sperm and the egg in test tubes. And then they implanted the, the little babies, the, the embryos, into this other woman. And very often this process involves abortion. Uh, very often this, obviously this process necessarily uh, decouples the procreative act from the, from the sexual act within marriage, which, uh, which just by definition can't exist here with this gay couple. And then they said, okay, we want, we want our baby to look like this, 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 this. Ooh, yuck, a girl. Send him back. I want a refund. Send her back. I want a refund really really messed up but there there are so many problems here on the on the most shallow level it's sexism this is real they're actually saying i don't want a girl to me a girl is less valuable than a boy i only want a boy send the girl back that's so there's sexism sure then on the next level it's the homosexuals well you know that's not how biology works two boys don't get to make a baby and so when you try to poke and prod and change everything and, and manipulate nature in this way, bad things are going to happen. Yep, that's true. But that's not even the deepest level. The real problem here, I think, it's the clinic. The real problem is the clinic. And it's not just, it's not just the homosexuals. It is the homosexuals, but it's not just the homosexuals. And it's not just the sexism. It's the clinic. It's, it's ultimately the big problem here is this mistaken belief that we have a right to a child. You don't have a right to a child. People struggle with infertility and it can be so extremely painful. Sweet little Lisa and I, we didn't get a baby right away. Took, took a couple years. And I know, I know, I know how hard that is. I know it's really, truly hard. Still, you don't have a right to a child. The only person who has any rights when we are talking about procreation is the baby. And ironically, maybe not ironically, The baby's rights are the rights that we always discard when we we talk about these issues in our society. Ironically, the only person whose rights we completely ignore when we're talking about procreation are the baby's rights. The baby's right to life, the baby's right to his natural mother and father, but the baby is the only person with rights here. Babies are not just a commodity to be purchased on the free market, okay? Babies are a gift from God, and a baby has a natural right to his mother and father, a baby has a natural right to be conceived in the procreative act, in the sexual act, the specific conjugal act of his parents within a marriage, okay? The baby has that right. If the baby doesn't have that right, nobody has any rights in this whole thing, okay? But we, view, we now view babies as commodities because we have a right to it. And therefore, if we have a right to it, we have a right to do whatever we want to do to be able to get it. Maybe that involves technology. Maybe that involves gov- the government. Maybe that involves the free market. If we have a right to a baby, this couple really hasn't done anything wrong. If a baby is a commodity to be purchased on the free market, then look, this couple, they didn't get the product that they wanted. They purchased a product, the, the company that produces that product, the com- this IVF company, didn't give them the product they want. So you have a right to a refund, of course, maybe a 30-day money-back guarantee. I don't know. The problem here is that a baby is not just a product, just a commodity to be bought and sold. A baby is a human being made in the image of likeness of God, just like you, and the baby has rights here. This this is a, a level. The concern, the Libs, I either don't get this or don't care. They just completely reject that idea that babies have rights and, and that you shouldn't be allowed to just force your will on reality. But the conservatives tend to get this a little bit more. Conservatives know that this is wrong. Conservatives know this is deeply, deeply wrong. But do, can, are, are conservatives willing to go all the way here? Are conservatives willing to say, well, if you don't have a right to a baby, then we need to have a much more serious bioethical discussion about all of these reproductive technologies, not just for the gays, not just for single women, but even for married couples. Maybe we need to talk a little more seriously about the bioethical problems with IVF. Cons- I don't know that, uh, that a lot of conservatives want to do that because a lot of people have used these technologies and have gotten kids out of these technologies. And so... It's, it's easy to ignore the stories that happen all the time. You hear these stories all the time, not just with homosexuals, but you'll hear a, a couple getting the wrong baby. Oh, Oops, there was a mistake with the test tubes, and this couple got this other couple's baby, and now there are lawsuits, and you, these stories crop up pretty regularly. But if you have personally benefited from it, it's it's easy to ignore those stories. You say, oh, well, it's not a big deal, or oh, well, it's the cost of doing business. Right, but babies are not business. They're not. They're not business. It's not We need to place limits here, not just on the government, not even on on technology, on the free market. You shouldn't be able to buy and sell people. This this goes to an even deeper level then. It's a way bigger issue. And I don't know that conservatives are totally ready to open this can of worms. The FDA just received its first application for an over-the-counter birth control pill. This is probably a pretty bad idea, by the way, because, you know, birth control, I mean, it's just, it just messes with all of your hormones. And as we're living at a time where all these quacks are pushing all these sorts of hormonal treatments, I'm not sure that we want to make it easier, less regulated, less oversight when it comes to shilling these drugs. But the application came in just weeks after the overruling of Roe v. Wade. And the overruling of Roe v. Wade has raised questions about contraceptives. So the the libs, because the libs can't defend abortion or Roe v. Wade or Planned Parenthood v. Casey, the libs focused in and they said, well, with this Supreme Court decision, pretty soon you're going to lose gay marriage and the right to homosexual sodomy and contraceptives because the principle at play in Roe v. Wade is the principle at play in those cases. And the majority of the court that overruled Roe v. Wade specifically said, no, no, this has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with condoms or birth control or anything like that. But Justice Thomas in his concurrence said yeah, this decision doesn't have to do with that, but probably it should. So Thomas gave the really honest answer here. And the the court is still right in practice because, well, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Clarence Thomas couldn't get a single other, even conservative judge to sign on to his concurrence. So the court is signaling they have no appetite to overrule the quote unquote right to contraception. But there is no right to contraception in the constitution. There is no right to homosexual sodomy in the constitution, Lawrence v. Texas. There is no definition of gay marriage in the Constitution? Where did that come No one even suggested that you could possibly make that argument until what, 2012, 2013 or something? You might like contraception. You might like homosexual sodomy. You might like redefining marriage. And you might want to pass laws about all those things. But it's not in the Constitution. It's just completely made up. And it comes from a, a substantive due process, which is a an absurd pseudo constitutional theory. And it comes from a general right to privacy, which doesn't exist in the constitution. And it comes from all this sort of nonsense, all the same sort of nonsense that you see in Roe v. Wade. So what what do we say about this as conservatives? Well, if it were me, if it were me, I know some of the, the real pro free market conservatives, they'll say, let's get that birth control over the counter. Let's do it. Let's make everything over the counter. Let's reduce regulations. That's a very libertarian point of view. As a conservative, I think this is a bad, I think the FDA should, re, should totally reject this application. I think it's a terrible idea to sell birth control over the counter. I, I don't think that our nation's problem is that we need more birth control. I think the nation's big problem is we don't have enough babies. America, for the past 50 years, has had a below replacement birth rate. The country is literally dying. And now the libs want to make hormone birth control pills even easier to get your hands on without regulation. Probably much younger people would be able to do it without parental notification. It's a crazy idea. It's a really bad idea. The, the, In in fact, the entire birth control regime is pretty recent. It comes from Griswold v. Connecticut. That was a case decided in 1965, which said that married couples have the right to birth control pills and condoms and stuff like that. And then a case seven years later, Eisenstadt v. Baird, uh, 1972, which says that unmarried couples have a right to contraceptives as well. So this is very, very recent. These were cases decided almost at exactly the same time as Roe v. Wade, with almost the exact same stupid meanings, at almost exactly the same part where our cu- culture really began to careen off of the cliff. Now, what some conservatives will say is, well, hold on, if you don't want abortion, actually, it's mostly liberals who make this argument. They'll say, if you don't want abortion, then we need to have contraception. Uh, between the two, it's much better to have contraception than abortion. Uh, okay, why don't we have neither? Or why? Do, I'm not even saying, I'm, I'm not pushing for a nationwide ban on birth control or something like that. Though I do think if people want to ban birth control, they want to go to their elected representatives and ban it. Totally fine by me. Sounds great. We, we need more babies and we have too much of a culture of contraception. Absolutely. But wh- why are those the alternatives? What if we just, what if we do what we did in this country until 1972 and say, well, you can either abstain from sex or you can get married and have kids and have a good life. What if we do that? What people will say then is, well, in the modern hookup culture, that's just so unrealistic. Where do you think we got the modern hookup culture from? Where do you think that, did that just fall out of the sky? Is that, is that just politics is downstream of culture? No, that's, an, that's some evidence that culture frequently is downstream of politics. You get the modern hookup culture. It, 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 one, sure, the, these legal decisions can be influenced by cultural changes, but the legal decisions influence cultural changes as well. And a culture that enshrines abortion as some right and a culture that enshrines contraception as some sacred right and pushes it everywhere is going to get more of those things. This is what the libs have been complaining about. After the Dobbs decision, you had all these new stories in the Washington Post and the New York Times and elsewhere talking to people who said, you know, I think I might start abstaining from sex. I might start being a little more careful about my sexual partners because now I can't kill my child. So I might have a baby and and, and that means I'm going to have to be a little more thoughtful. And then the conservatives all said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh, cool. Sounds great. Are the conservatives really willing to go all the way there? Are they really willing to have that conversation? Because very often it feels like what conservatives want to do is just roll back the crazy radical cultural changes about six years. We just we want to go back to the halcyon days of 2015 or so. I don't not quite we do, but of course, if you if you only return to the cultural and political circumstances of the recent past, you're very likely going to end up in exactly the same place we are now. We have to address root causes. Why is our country literally dying? You're going to have to look back at some changes that took place 50, 60 years ago to figure that out. How did we get to the part, the spot where we're mutilating our little kids because of political correctness? How do we get to the spot where we're killing 850,000 babies a year? How do we get to the spot where, where a homosexual couple is basically complaining about how they want to return their baby because they got a little girl instead of a little boy at the baby store? We got to go back a little bit further than just... the the past few months or years. Another question, another big question on this, and, and some Democrats are starting to ask this. If Roe v. Wade is so important, if abortion is so sacred to the Democrats, why didn't they codify it into law when they had the chance for 49 years of Roe v. Wade being the law of the land? Kamala Harris gives a typically eloquent answer. When you look back, did Democrats fail
1: past Democratic presidents, congressional leaders to not codify
0: Roe v. Wade over the past five decades?
1: I think that, to be very honest with you, I, I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right. And that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times.
0: Certain issues are settled. And when you unsettle the issues, they're, not, they're no longer settled. And so we should have settled them a long time ago. Sure. Okay. In as much as Kamala Harris, I actually kind of want to defend Kamala Harris here, in as much as she said anything, she is right. The libs didn't codify Roe v. Wade into law because they didn't think they needed to. Because they control everything. And yeah, maybe sometimes conservatives get a slight majority on the Supreme Court for a few cases. And yeah, maybe they win the presidency, but they don't have the executive agencies. And yeah, maybe they win the House or something, but it doesn't matter. The libs control every institution. So they felt they didn't need to. And they still probably don't. I mean, even this major decision that that overrules Roe v. Wade, abortion is still legal almost everywhere. And the pro-abortion side is still the major side in um, the American power structure. It's, we're not living in a world in which ab- abortion has been made illegal. We've just given a little place for, for people to pass pro-life laws if they want. Now, speaking of Speaking of settling things down, uh, Rage Against the Machine has gone viral. You remember them? They were a band from like 25, 30 years ago. Rage Against the Machine has gone viral because they're so angry about the Supreme Court decision that they they want to ab- abort the Supreme Court. You see, they've got in their stages this forced birth in a country that's the only country in the world without guaranteed paid parental leave at the national level. They have to add all those words because we do have. Lots of maternity and even paternity these days. Forced birth in a country where black birth givers—they won't say women; they say birth givers—experience maternal mortality at a higher rate. It, um, and where gun violence is so bad, since so something completely unrelated, they say forced birth in a country with gun violence. Abort the Supreme Court. Yeah, abort them. You, you tell them, guys. Regardless of the politics of Rage Against the Machine, this is the most I've ever listened to Rage Against the Machine, and I can never get those 55 seconds back, and I regret that. I regret that, and now you've got to experience that with me too. Regardless of their politics, this music is just unbearably awful. It's just so, so bad. But I had to play it for you because the whole thing shows you who's really on the side of the machine here. Who's really, forget about, okay, you get five judges on the Supreme Court for one case, okay, and and they're losing their minds over this. Who's on the side of the machine? When it comes to abortion, when it comes to the sexual revolution, when it comes to racial politics, when it comes to immigration, when it comes to every single issue, Rage Against the Machine, these multi-multi-millionaire rock stars, they are saying the things that the ruling class says. They are pushing the ideas that the ruling class pushes. They are raging for the machine. BLM rages for the machine. They go out, they rage, they burn the country down, but they are raging for the machine. All of the power structures support them and they bail them out of jail when they get arrested and, and go to, to jail. That is that is the side of the machine. I think people are waking up to this. I think the, the pandering has become much more transparent. I I think it's going to take a whole lot more than taco comparisons to keep that coalition together, especially as the machine becomes so much more destructive. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina and Hair and Makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, almost two-thirds of Democratic voters say they don't want Joe Biden to run for president again. Joe Biden is now calling Latino people tacos, and Democrats don't have any 2024 bench. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen.